Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm very honored to have Molly Connolly with me today. And I must say that anytime I'm talking to people associated with the city of Fishers, the name of Molly Connolly comes up all the time. And I have got to talk to this woman. Uh, she started working uh, for the city of Fishers uh, in January of 2019. She was the customer experience manager at that time. She now leads what's called the customer service team, and they deal with all sorts of areas where the public interacts with city government. She also has internal customers that she deals with as well. She worked for uh, the Olympic diving before she came to Fishers, and we certainly do want to spend some time talking about that before we're done. But Molly, I want to welcome you. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy day to join me. Thank you, Larry. I'm glad to be here. Well, I want to start off by uh, talking. There's so many different things you deal with with customer service. I spent 28 years working for the federal government, most of those years in some form of customer service. So I know a little something about <laughs> people interacting with their government uh, when they need to do that. You're doing it, whether it's the federal or local level, it's, it's really the same concept. And I'm going to start off with one of the biggest challenges, I'm sure, that any government anywhere in the United States or even the world is dealing with, and that's COVID. And when COVID hit about a year ago, the mayor was very uh, aggressive about starting a health department, getting testing ramped up, and now there's a mass vaccination center. And uh, I'm just curious, uh, when when uh, this all ramped up, how did that change your world? <laughs> well, like everybody, it, it changed our world quite a bit, um, as you can imagine, and you know. Um, but we have such great leadership here that tries to be as proactive as possible um, in any given situations. Um, and, you know, I was tasked right away um, by the mayor's office in putting together the COVID hotline um, to really always be there for our residents and anyone who had questions, concerns. And um, we quickly gathered a team of about 30 people from all different departments to uh, train them on, you know, frequently asked questions that could come up, uh, how to respond and support others, and also just to be there for the community, like a listening ear um, when we're all kind of scared and confused and don't know what to do. Um, so we had a lot of help there um, to just answer the call for residents and talk them through concerns, questions. And now that's really evolved over the past year uh, to helping register people for their vaccines, register them for testing, helping them receive their results and um, providing some guidance, but also resources for mental health or socioeconomic issues that may arise. So also being a resource um, to get people assistance when needed. And I think uh, telephone numbers are still extremely important as far as making that human contact with people when you're trying to help them. And that uh, COVID hotline, and I know the mayor and others like me to repeat it, 317-595-3211, right? That's your uh, COVID hotline. Absolutely. And I know you've actually spent some time on that phone yourself. Uh, tell me just what that's like. What sorts of questions come in Who's calling? Uh, just give me a feel for what, what it's like to be on that phone number and on the other end answering the phone. 
Absolutely. Just like the rest of our team, we're, we're here and eager to help and support. And as you can imagine, there's quite a variety of calls that come in. It could be from a worried mom with a sick kid and wanting to know what to do. It could be, um, you know, a... I'm not sure. It could be really anybody. It's anyone looking for a test or resources. So, you know, early on, we would get calls. We had the hotline open 24-7 early on um, in the pandemic, and people would call at 2 in the morning just scared and just needed someone to listen to and didn't know what to do about their parents. Um, But also having people call just um, for resources and, you know, with this whole situation, everything has been changing so frequently. We get some guidance from the CDC, and then a few months later, that guidance changes to something else, and uh, we have to just stay on top of the ever-evolving, you know, guidance and information, and you know, clear up any confusion. There's a lot of the governor's orders that come out, and we try to make sense of those for the public so they understand what that means as far as local businesses and capacity, and all of the the rules and regulations there. So really just kind of anything they need, (laughs) whether it be resources, testing, now the vaccine, um, or just, uh, you know, a kind ear on the other end of the phone. The one thing that uh, surprised me uh, anyway is that, as I understand it, when somebody goes on, let's say on Google or one of the other search engines, Google being the biggest, and just tries to find a phone number in Indiana to call, for some reason, your phone number is kind of high on the list, and it's hard to get into some of the other phone numbers that are available statewide or in other communities. My understanding is you hear from people all over the state. Is that is that true? Absolutely. Even from Ohio, or we've had people from the East Coast, you know, just Google COVID hotline, and we popped up, and we're happy to, to help, but also had to say, well, you know, we know about the state of Indiana's guidelines. You might want to check with your state, but still being a listening ear even for them and providing, you know, resources and ideas and support. But absolutely, people have been finding us all over, but we're happy to to help not only our residents, but our neighbors. But it's, uh, I want to talk about something you mentioned because you, how should I put it, the city is doing what it can to help with COVID, but yet a lot of the decisions are being made elsewhere. They're being made in Atlanta at the CDC. They're being made at downtown Indianapolis with the state, the governor's office, and some of the uh, the health officials there. So really what what I think I'm hearing you say is you are more explaining what is out there and, and what the rules are and, and what the city, uh, if you live in the city or near the city, what is available to you there. Is that is that pretty accurate or would you like to just maybe talk a little more about that? Yeah, it's a lot of just interpreting some of the governor's orders or what's being, you know, said at the state level. But also we have a great health department and they make some local health orders and helping determine the differences between um, our orders if they're more strict than the state orders. So really just, you know, providing clarification and understanding for everyone's individual situation. A restaurant might call and want to know one thing where a gym might want to call and know another. Um, So just helping them clarify and understand how it relates to their specific situation. And that's pretty much, pretty much it. Well, yeah, the the rules change all the time and you have to be on top of that. I'm sure that's no small thing. I, I worked on a toll free number for years (laughs) for the federal government and my, my job 
I took all the questions nobody else could figure out, which was loads of fun, but they paid me, so I did it. But it uh, sounds like everybody that works on your, your phone hotline pretty much uh, can handle anything that's thrown at them. Is that pretty, pretty accurate? Well, I'd like to think so, but we have a great team. So if we don't know the answer, we know to pause and we know who we can ask. We know our subject matter experts at the health department. We know who's heading up different, you know, initiatives and tasks um, through our, you know, fire and emergency services. So we have the right people to contact and in place to get the answers when we don't know. And we always want to get back to those residents as to not leave them hanging. As you know, being a customer service experienced (laughs) professional, uh, you want to definitely, um, meet that need and get back to them. So is there a busiest time of day, day of week? Uh, when's the best, worst time to try to, to call someone on the a hotline, which is 317-595-3211? You know, we are open right now from 8.30 until 7. And then we also check voicemails over the weekends at this time. So really anytime you can reach us, we actually um, have pivoted. And instead of having just one line open, you still call that same number that you just provided. But we have three people um, able to take those calls. And then we also have a backup crew who helps check and return voicemail. So we're here for you anytime. Yeah, COVID is the biggest thing, but you mentioned something else because the mayor has made mental health a very big issue in the city. Uh, Talk about how people get help with uh, issues of mental health should they need that. Is that number good or do you need to call another number? Kind of explain how you get help with that. Absolutely. That number, that hotline number can help as a resource. And if it's something that um, is, uh, you know, out of our hands, because we are not clinical, we are not medical professionals or therapists, but we do have the resources. And so if we need to get you in touch with our public health nurse over at the health department, we can do that. We can provide the resources. And on our website, fishers.in.us, there's a frequently asked questions page. And near the bottom of that page, it has a lot of mental health resources, websites, numbers that um, there's support 24-7 because we absolutely all understand that during this unique and difficult time, uh, the mental health uh, crisis is definitely going to, you know, increase and the need for those resources is going to increase. So we want to provide those and also be there for them. Yes, COVID and mental health are tied together. And uh, actually, it's uh, the mayor saw this as an issue when he first came into office. And COVID has simply multiplied, I think, the the issue there. So thank you for mentioning that. You know, you uh, the... the, uh, the city has uh, a number of issues where people uh, in the public may be interacting with the city. Uh, for example, city has a utility area. The city has its own court, which deals with certain issues, not all. Some, some, you know, the county court system, obviously, but there are certain issues that go to the city court. Uh, there are permit payments you have to make. I guess the biggest question today is now that we have both City Hall and the City Services Building, the old uh, police headquarters right next door to City Hall, sometimes the question that's asked is, where do I go? Do I go to City Hall or do I go to City Services? Uh, Is there any simple answer to that question? Absolutely, Larry. And that's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. When I first came on in 2019, 
2019, we had a lot of different service points. So you would come into City Hall, and if you needed a permit, you'd go upstairs. If you needed something from engineering, you'd go to the west side of the building. If you needed uh, to pay your court ticket or utility ticket, you'd go to a different service point. And um, our leadership team had a great idea to kind of roll everybody into one, have one service point. And that's when we um, moved into the old police department called our City Services Building at 3 Municipal Drive, just there across the street from the new police department and behind City Hall. And that's where you can make your court payment, um, pay for a permit or an inspection, and uh, make your sewer or stormwater utility payments. And to make things even you know, more customer-friendly, we installed some kiosks in the lobby there. So there's a few computers and even a printer. Um, so if you don't have time to wait in line or we're busy, we uh, can have you just do self-service and pay your tickets that way. Um, so that's a great opportunity for uh, residents to come in and get things taken care of. They can also sign up for parks programs using those kiosks. And, you know, the opportunities are endless. So you can pay your court fees, your court fines. You would go to city services building, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You don't have to call me, sir. Larry's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes, my, Larry. <laughs> okay, that, thank you very much. I, I feel more comfortable that way. Um, your title sort of encompasses all of, of customer service. And we've talked about the, well, I guess we call external customers in, in, in city uh-huh. speak or government speak. Uh, it's also in your title that you also uh, have internal customers, people working for the city. So explain what you do for people who are working for the city or internally with for your customers there. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to expand my role and be able to serve our internal customers. In the past couple of years, I've been helping, you know, uh, streamline some processes and share best practices. And now I'm excited to expand that and really provide recognition and support for our team. They do so much for the city and we want to give them the appreciation and the respect uh, that they deserve. So just doing things to support them if they fall on hard times or, you know, have a loss in the family or are undergoing surgery and they just need, you know, a little support. Um, I'm here for them there, but also providing new service awards and recognition. And we started an internal newsletter where we can just share information between departments. We're so large. We have 19 different departments and we all work so hard, but it's nice to be able to connect the dots between departments. And I'm happy to be able to do that. Yeah, this place has changed so much. You know, I've lived here for almost 30 years. That little town I moved to is now a pretty big operation. <laughs> I, I Let me ask you, do you get involved with this? Because I know sometimes uh, fringe benefits are actually an issue because you, you may have a health plan, but there may be choices you make within the health plan, or you may have a, a 401k or 403b, depending on what what type of government you are, you have a, basically a retirement savings plan, whatever it might be for your particular area. And there are all kinds of choices you make there. How do you, do you, do you get involved in that as well, as far as advising employees or giving them their choices and so forth? I don't so much as advise, but we have a great human resources department and we have a benefits expert. And so that guru is the one that I would send them to if they had some questions because Amy has lots of resources and Whitney and Ethan and our HR department can help guide people better. Um, but I'm definitely here as that first resource. If an employee doesn't know where to go, has a new life event, has a question and they're not sure who that person is in the city, uh, they can come to me. I can be their first call and kind of triage and 
and get them the information they need um, if I can't help right away myself. That's why I asked because there's so much involved in there. I'm glad you have somebody in the city who, who can refer them to who can get, get down and dirty with the details if necessary. Absolutely. I'm just curious about this. Uh, I know I spent 28 years in government service. My father was a civil servant for most of his adult life when he was working. Very what, good. What drew you? To cover to, to customer service and government service as well. That's a great question. I've always uh, kind of looked for the helpers as a kid, uh, like Mr. Rogers used to say. So I always wanted to be one of those fixers, one of those helpers um, to help others. And I might not be able to fight a fire or be a police officer um, with my skills, but I can help people um, with information and knowledge and communication. And that's really, you know, I just have that public servant heart, I guess you would say, to really want to help my neighbors. I live here, I work here, and I want my community to be great. And uh, it's just an, an awesome opportunity to be able to be involved and serve my community. I do want to talk about your life before you came to Fisher City Government. Uh, you were involved with the Olympic movement. Uh, you worked in Indianapolis for Olympic diving. I know there must be some special memories there. I, I'm assuming that uh, meant you were working around some very interesting and important people, as well as getting the opportunity to travel. So give me the story about your life uh, working within the Olympic movement. Sure. Uh, I was the international team manager at USA Diving, um, where I got to help uh, the team with all of the logistics. I was the logistics guru um, for all of our international travels. So we got to go to world championships, world cups. I was there for the Olympics in London and um, really helped with support services and resources for athletes, coaches, judges, parents, you name it, uh, all of our sponsor activations. So really got to get my hands into everything, see the world, help our athletes grow, um, meet their goals. And it was a really great experience. Let me ask you where you had the opportunity to travel, particularly internationally. Yeah, my first trip was over to Shantou in Shanghai in China, and then I got to go all over the place to Barcelona and Mallorca, Spain, uh, to London, of course, for a couple months in 2012, uh, down to Medellin, Colombia for a youth event, and, you know, up to Canada, um, Australia, we got to go to Sydney and Lightning Ridge, Australia. So uh, lots of different places and even places I didn't get to travel. I got to send athletes and coaches to Dubai and Moscow. So got uh, to know some good friends there and coordinating logistics with them and got to hear some fun stories and see some great pictures too. Of your international travels, particularly, uh, what are some of your favorite places? Uh, what stands out in your mind as some of the best, most uh, interesting trips internationally that you've taken? And just tell us more about that. Absolutely. I think my one of my favorite was Medellin, Colombia. Um, well, the food was really good. <laughs> and I really also enjoyed Mallorca, Spain. It's the most beautiful place I've ever seen. A little island off the, the coast of Spain. And we went swimming and the water has so much salt in it. You're just buoyant and you just float and you never get tired of swimming because you just float in the water. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And the people 
uh, no matter where we went, the people were really the thing that you went home and it stuck with you and those experiences, um, you know, remain. Did you have interpreters with you or uh, did you have language barriers? (laughs) There were definitely language barriers. We did not have interpreters, but everyone just had a smile on their face and we did a lot of charades and we figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) I love charades and traveling internationally. My my father was on a credit union board and he traveled quite a bit in Europe and, and talked about what it was like just to be able to communicate with people. But it's amazing how when you need to, you find a way to get your message across. You Absolutely. Know, sadly, in my mind, there are fewer and fewer people who are uh, young people who are going into government service as a career. Uh, I find that to be discouraging. So if you had a college student that you were talking to and that person asked you about pursuing a career, possibly in, in government service or the nonprofit area where you came from, Uh, What would be your response for that person? That's a great question. And I really think I feel empowered here at the city of Fishers to be innovative and to come up with ideas. And so I think that's something exciting for youth and and everyone alike um, to be able to come in and say, hey, I think this would be a really good opportunity. Or have we ever thought about this? I think that could be really fun and creative. And I've never felt like... You know, I couldn't voice my opinion or my ideas here. And so I really think being innovative and different and unique um, is what really draws me here and keeps me here is the opportunity to uh, bring new ideas and uh, really take initiative and say, hey, I think we should try it this way. And so I think that's what I would tell, you know, youth or up and coming, you know, employees to just take initiative and, you know, don't be afraid to throw something out there and see if it sticks. And if not, don't let it get you down and just keep trying on new ideas. You know, when I worked for the federal government, one of the favorite things they used to tell us is we need to think outside the box. But every time we did that, we got put back in the box. (laughs) But I I kind of get the impression that in the city of Fishers, the mayor is willing to listen if you have a different idea. And if you can convince him it's a good idea, he's willing to try it. So that must make uh, your job more interesting. It does. And it makes it fun because then I get excited about the passion projects. And, uh, you know, it's not just me. It's our whole team. Then we we all get involved and, uh, you know, vibe off each other and brainstorm together. And a small idea can grow and grow because we have so many great people involved um, who are passionate. And then, it, you know, the community benefits. I know what you do encompasses a lot. COVID, mental health, so sometimes, sometimes related and other issues. Is there something that sticks out in your mind? You don't have to use any names, but some story issue, some something you dealt with where you helped someone that just sticks out in your mind thinking, you know, that was that was something special. Yeah, I'd say I have a lot of those. Uh, a couple come to mind just recently. We've been working with our amazing EMS team to schedule homebound vaccines. And I called a mother who had two children my age who were homebound. And when I got off the phone after you know scheduling their vaccines for the EMS crew to come in and take care of their vaccinations, um, the mom just started crying out of relief uh, that you know, and gratitude that we would do that for them. And, you know, I got goosebumps and hung up the phone and got a little teary eyed because, you know, you really feel like you're making a difference. And it's so great that our health department and our, 
you know, entire city is able to provide these services. So I'm just the person on the phone coordinating <laughs> date and time, but I still feel touched that we're able to do that for our members of our community. And we also, you know, you mentioned mental health. Someone, you know, may come in to pay a court ticket or, you know, a sewer and stormwater bill, but then use that as a cry for help if they need mm-hmm. um, some mental health help at home. And, you know, we have great EDO officers through fire and police that we can get involved to help if needed. So, you know, it's those times when I really feel like um, we can be there for the community more than just paying your invoice. Well, I've tried to ask a number of questions here. Anything you'd like to say about uh, what you and the people working with and under you do? uh, Any message you'd like to get across or anything you'd like to say before we wrap this up? Absolutely. Thank you. And so, you know, coming from Olympic sport land (laughs) and working in such a great supportive environment, I always want to give a shout out for our team and our teamwork. Uh, You know, no one does anything by themselves. It's all a team. And that's where, you know, I like to give shout outs to all of our departments and everyone who makes, you know, streamlining services possible. We have a business solutions group that helps do that. Um, We have, you know, all different departments to to help um, everyone reach their goals. And so I guess I just want to say thank you to them, but also want to, you know, shout out to all of our community members, our small businesses, our teachers, you know, everybody who's struggling during this time and just saying, you know, I hope you have pride in Fishers and know that we are here as a resource to support you. Um, So I'm looking forward to continuing to serve our external customers, but also our amazing employees during this difficult time and beyond. Well, now we know who Molly Connolly is. <laughs> We've had a chance to speak with her for, for uh, 20, 30 minutes or so. I want to thank you for taking time out of what I know is a very busy day for you every day. And uh, thanks for the time, and thank you for uh, joining me on today's podcast. Thank you, Larry.